What a strange and wonderful Christmas it is. Have you stopped to remember what it felt like to open presents on Christmas Day last year? Honestly, it's hard for me to recall it. So much of our holiday observances, including how our family gathers in the living room around the Christmas tree to pass presents out and rip open the paper, so much of what we do is a ritual that we're accustomed to doing. And this year, nothing is the same. So much of our ritual has been taken away from us that I have a hard time even remembering what it felt like just 12 months ago. You know, Christmas 2019 really wasn't all that long ago, but it feels like it's been an age since then. Do you remember what it felt like to be just a week away from a new year, standing on the threshold and all the the possibility and promise that 2020 held? Perhaps you remember reading about this time last year, a reflection from Nicholas Kristof in the New York Times, a a piece he wrote about how 2019 had been the best year in human history. His point was that despite all of the political rancor, all the environmental degradation, all the racial injustice, all the wealth stratification, despite all of that, still... The worldwide metrics of health and prosperity, they had all moved in the right direction. Infant mortality was the lowest it had ever been. Life expectancy was as long as it had ever been. The number of people living in extreme poverty was as small as it had ever been. Debilitating illness and disease were as scarce as they had ever been. The literacy rate was as high as it had ever been. And still, despite all that empirical evidence, you would be forgiven for thinking this time last year that 2019 had been a whirlwind of chaos. But I wonder what you think about it now. I wonder what we would say to ourselves if we could go back one year in time. Back in the year that Jesus was born, how do you think people in Palestine would have thought about the year that they had just had? Although the research I did, and I use that term research very loosely, is as sophisticated as a couple of Google searches, It seems that all the metrics that we would point to as evidence of a fabulous year pointed to a life of challenge beyond anything we could imagine. Back then, infant mortality is estimated to have been as high as 30%. That means one in three children never lived to see its first birthday. Of course, that had a profound effect on overall life expectancy, which was only 20 to 30 years. But good news, if you made it to your 15th birthday, you would probably make it to your 45th or maybe your 50th. Poverty meant something very different back then. There was no such thing as a middle class. 
You were either wealthy enough to own land or you worked for a subsistence wage every day of your life until your body gave out. And if you didn't have a job or you didn't have a family who would take care of you, then you spent every day begging, hoping that you could afford enough calories to keep your body from cannibalizing itself. Politically, the prospects for Jews in Roman-occupied Palestine weren't much better. Now, from time to time, a zealous leader would stir up a rebellious force to challenge the authority of the empire, but they were always put down with both haste and brutality. Although, again, the historical record is not fully reliable, we read that around the year that Jesus was born, one such rebel, known as Judas of Galilee, was said to have organized a revolt against the mandated census and the accompanying tax that it would bring. Now, whether that's true or not, there is no doubt that anyone who would join such a plot would have been arrested, tried, and executed, probably by being nailed to a cross. In the midst of such overwhelming struggle, even hopelessness, Surrounded by a seemingly unending darkness, it's hard to imagine anyone thinking of the year when Jesus was born as the best year in human history. But I wonder what Mary and Joseph thought. I wonder what Zechariah and Elizabeth the parents of John the Baptist, the herald and forerunner, I wonder what they thought. I wonder what those shepherds on that hillside that night thought. Surely, those who caught a glimpse of God's salvation coming into the world recognized the power and the brightness of that light even if it only came in a small, faintly glimmering hope in an otherwise cold and dark world. That is the wonderful nature of God's salvation, that it comes to us in tiny but brilliant ways, even again this day. Like a single candle, or these days, like a cell phone flashlight exploring the corners of your house when the power has gone out. Like that first faint glow on the eastern horizon at dawn when the sun's rays are not yet streaming down directly on us, but only illuminating by reflection the atmosphere above. Like the light of this week's planetary conjunction when the faint but clear glowing of Saturn and Jupiter came together, not nearly light enough to bright up the night sky, but still steady and strong enough to reach us from a billion miles away. In the midst of what feels to so many of us 
like an unending darkness, God's light shines. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The incarnation, which we celebrate at Christmas, is God's salvation coming into the world. It is God's great reordering of human history. It is God's inauguration of the reign of justice, freedom, and peace. And in it, the full grandness of God comes to earth in a tiny, gentle, barely noticed light. Yet the power of that small, steady light is enough to shine brilliantly into the darkness, bringing hope and love and promise in ways that can never be overcome. God's light does not come and shine so brightly that it pushes us away, forcing us to hide our faces and cover our eyes. It never comes so brightly that we are blinded by its startling power. Instead, it comes in ways that beckon us closer, that draw us in ever more deeply into God's love. Our salvation is not manifest in a divine power that simply obliterates our struggles but in the divine presence of the word become flesh who enters into our struggles, who comes alongside us in order that we might receive God's light and know its gentle, persistent, and unquenchable power. No matter how difficult things seem, no matter how hard things become, no matter how dark the darkness may be, always remember that God's light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it.